What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, The Real Rundown. Sorry we've been away for, uh, usually we recorded for two weeks. Last week we were um, absent just because I was taking a trip, take a little vacation with my wife and see some family. Um, so we had to delay the Welcome podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. I came back. Pedro texted me. Did you get that? You, you, you flew internationally, yeah. right? So you flew through JFK? No. Uh, well, yeah, out. I flew out. Did you do? Oh, okay. I was going to say, I was going to ask, did you get that like dreadful feeling everyone gets when they come back from another country and like step foot in JFK and it's just like all feels like shit? I know that feeling. I know that feeling. It's, uh, it feels like, like, pe- like people are mean. Yeah. Someone like bumps into you. Like you just feel like, damn, I'm back. I'm back over here now. I landed in Newark and it was the same vibe. Because you go through, you know, you get off the plane and then you have just like the regular airport workers and they're just like unhappy people. Like that's the vibe they give off. Um, they're not welcoming. And then you go through the the customs and those guys are just like, I don't know, man. They're just always unpleasant. It's like one in five that you get like a nice person. Uh, that actually is like, hey, welcome back to the to the states. Do you have the TCA pre-check thing where no global entry? I used to have global entry, but I lost my number, and then it was a nightmare to recover it, so I gave up. But every time I come back, uh-huh. I'm like, oh man, I kind of wish I had that number right now. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I never realized how good it was until I came back internationally and like it was no it was barely any time between me getting my luggage and then just like getting out of the airport you really you really notice it on the way back when you see a huge oh, lot, yeah. customs line and you don't have to be on it because you get the vip treatment i witnessed i understand kind of why the tsa workers by the time you first see them they're done with you just as far as like they just their patients are so thin because they'll say the same thing over and over and over again and they'll say it right in front of the people and they'll still not understand you mean i need to have my passport in my hand yes we just said it five times have your passport in your hand don't have it away have your passport in your hand yeah but so my experience we we're pretty brief um my wife has a my wife is not a u.s citizen but she has so she has a green card and we go together and he's just like, so where are you coming from? What's your reason for travel? Where did you go? Who did you see? And he was just like talking to her, but also speaking like openly. So I try to answer some questions and he just like spoke over me, like like more directly to her. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll back off. Like, I guess you're not talking to they me. Don't want, they don't want someone speaking on behalf of someone else. But you know, yeah, when you yeah. walk, when but you I come, thought he was speaking to come. us collectively. No, 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 no. They, they, they take to people individually. They want to make you feel like you're a guest in your own country. It's like you have yeah, to yeah. earn. You have to earn your opportunity to come back. You enjoyed. You enjoyed yourself away. You gotta want to earn yourself to walk through those doors and come back. That's a hundred percent the feeling they give off to people. It's like yes, and it works. we're not sure it you works. deserve to come through this gate. Yeah, that's gate. definitely the feeling. That that's a good way to put it. We want to make sure that passport still works. Got to scan that to make sure it works. I had a um, 
I had an eight hour flight on the way back. So I always do like, okay, how many movies is that? It was around four this time. I didn't do all four because it does get a little bit, um, it's just too much, but I did watch some good movies. Um, I watched for the first time, Benjamin Button. Have you guys seen, seen the Brad Pitt I still, movie? I still, I still haven't seen that movie. I have not seen it. Now, now, as far as, did you get to pick the movies or the movies just played in front of you and you had no choice? Oh no, you pick. And like, this is probably the best. I flew a, a Portuguese airline cause I was flying back from Lisbon, uh, called tap tap, uh, Portugal or air Portugal, whatever it's called. But these guys had the slickest, uh, like TV menu and everything. They had tons of good movies. Um, a couple of new releases even. But Benjamin Button, highly recommend it. It's um, it, it, it's a long movie. I actually didn't get to the very end because it was a, the last film I watched. But um, it's you guys know the Benjamin Button story, right? The movie's very long. It's almost yeah. three hours. It's like he ages backwards. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it starts off like present day, and then it's one of those like Titanic style where they just like read a letter, and that letter transports you back to his life. So it's like a, it's like it's like contemporary that then like flashbacks into into like his entire life. I I, I recommend that movie, man. It's really good. Um, and then I also watched um, You Hurt My Feelings. I fell asleep like at the third act. So I got to find out where that's streaming so I can wrap that story up. Um, it's fine. It's not great. I'm a big fan of uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, and the movie's is, yeah, so is fine. I, I still have to see that. You I'm know, curious. from the trailer, I couldn't tell if it was a movie or a TV series. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think that makes, that makes sense. She does, like, these one-off indie movies like once every two years they seem to fly under the radar but they're kind of hit or miss this one's fine um and it's, it's today it, 24 today 24 it? will be yes yes um i think claws fair enough and then <laughs> i saw uh speaking of a24 i saw a movie called um past lives it's a korean slash american film about um, about these two childhood friends who grow up in, in, in Korea and then one of them moves to Canada and then they meet or they reconnect 12 years later and then they reconnect another 20 years la- uh, another 12 years later and it's sort of like this uh, it's kind of like romance kind of movie but <clears throat> honestly right now it's that's my uh, my running for like favorite movie of 2023 like that that's on my to watch list. Uh, I stumbled upon it when I was exploring their website and their movies. Uh, but you sound like you you cried during it, dude. I almost did. I almost did. You said you're giving you're giving that you're giving that vibe like you did, but you don't want to admit to it. Maybe I shed a tear. Maybe it was the altitude. I, I think it was more like you were crying. Like, why am I still on this plane? I'm watching my fourth movie. <laughs> no, this was the first movie I saw because I, I immediately go to new releases. I saw this and I was like, this is a great, I'm going to watch this. Um, so I was like fully alert and, and ready to go. I think this was um, right between meals too. It's perfect timing. Um, this is my favorite movie of the year by far. Um, 
and we'll do an episode in a couple of weeks about you know what we've seen this year and what we like but past lives is uh i think it's definitely my number one that's gonna probably be the most difficult uh episode to do because i have to, then that means i have to remember what i watched all here that's a lot of that's yeah. a lot of stuff oh yeah yeah it's a lot it's a lot of stuff but what did you guys watch we were away for three weeks did anything surprise you in that time what like worldwide or just <laughs> in the movie industry we don't have time to talk about worldwide things that surprised us no i did watch stuff just i i've got i'm going back and watching like older stuff oh that's a good move so i think i I'd said a couple of weeks ago netflix has like an amazing like 90s 2000s movie library yeah yeah i watched the movie the burial with jamie fox Tyree Lee Jones uh, and Alan Ruck. It was actually pretty. It was actually pretty funny. Uh, surprisingly, it's on Amazon Prime. That got a low key release, right? It came. I remember seeing the trailer a few months ago, and it didn't get a theatrical release, right? It was small, but it's one of those movies that I. It's it, they're shopping it around. They're having it go around for for your consideration for the for uh award season because it only made uh about 32 million dollars but it was released in october very quietly so now it was it's on so it was a now. release it was a limited release and then limited release yeah. prime limited sometimes they do limited release just to hit that eligibility for the awards i don't know if that's the case for this one but just sometimes uh the streaming services do that when they purchase uh, these films did you like it Yes, it was. I, I liked it. It was good. Tommy Lee Jones I would still got it. Watching. Yes, yes, he certainly does. Okay, today we're going to talk about a couple of news items. Um, I don't want to. I just want to touch on those real quick, and then we're going to talk about a couple of trailers that came out while uh, we're off air. Um, and then, well, Bruno, why, why don't you mention uh, first since we mentioned. Uh, couple a24 things the uh, news that uh their entire library and future releases is coming to hbo max yeah or max yeah i was gonna touch on that i was uh i think i just read that today i think that news broke today um so yeah it was it's definitely news to me when i read it today i think it did break today i saw i saw on uh on twitter and um or x um, so yeah, Warner Brothers, Discovery, home of HBO or Max, they they have to like do better branding there. But they're gonna get um, they signed a deal to get all of um, A24s. I guess so. They got their whole back catalog, right? Or not the whole, but much of it. And then they're gonna get um, new releases as well, like Dream Scenario, The Iron Claw, and Priscilla. When those sort of come out of the movie theater and go on to streaming you'll find those at at warner brothers or you'll find them on max i don't know what to call this thing it's warner brothers discovery it's max it's hbo i, I keep referring it to it as hbo max and as long as people <laughs> understand what i'm saying you could then that's okay just just just, just call it max just like your friend it's your friend max just but call max, max. if i say max i gotta say hbo i don't know no this is max i'm so used to I like it's embedded in me to say HBO Max because I've been saying it for so long that I keep forgetting it's just Max. It's not. It's not HBO Max. It's not Cinemax. It's just 
Max. Anyways, I'm super excited about this because now, uh, now I get to uh, really go through the back catalog, even though I've watched quite a number of their films. I was also, just like during the Black Friday weekend, I was like looking around to see if there were at the uh, streaming like sales uh, to get Showtime, just because I always, every once in a while, I go back to Showtime because they're the ones that currently have their catalog. Um, but they've never done a really good job in promoting it or anything like that. What do you even get right now? What do you even get Showtime? You have to get Paramount? Or is can you get Showtime solo? You could get Showtime by itself. You could get it as an add-on to like Hulu TV or like to like oh, YouTube yeah, TV or, or an add-on to Prime. But they're get, almost giving it away with like Paramount now. They've got like a bunch of deal with them. So. And that, um, Paramount, Paramount Plus is with, is with Showtime. So I'm glad yeah. I don't have to uh, jump on another service and I'll just have it on Max. So. Yeah, that's true. You know, and they could have easily done the scumbag thing. Like, for an extra two ninety nine, you get 824 movies. Yeah. Or 824 could have done their own streaming service. But Max is going to try doing that with uh, sports and, and CNN. Anyway. They're, they're giving it away for free and then seeing yeah. what happens. That's going to be interesting. I think after... A, I think they're going to try that and then they're going to see nobody's adding that on and then they're just going to give it for free again. It's also strange. Like right now it's free and I'll, I'll watch like an NBA game on Max. And it's, I could see that, right? Like Hulu does it. Hulu Does Hulu still do live sports? I imagine they do, but um, I could see That's that. The, I wouldn't do it for the, the price, end. but. It's ESPN. With uh, with uh, with Hulu, that that's the only sports they have. Yeah, that's and specialize. then on Max they have Bleacher Report, which is an otherwise kind of like dead brand. I don't even know why they kept that brand. They could have just done like Warner Sports or Max Sports or something. But anyway, they have the Bleacher Report stuff, and it's cool. I've watched a couple games on there, but I'm not gonna pay the twenty dollars for um. The additional subscription, but I think it's, it's it's a good offering. I would I would say I don't know exactly what the content library consists of. I know they have NBA and MLB. I think I saw in there too, but they have uh, the NHL and the NHL. Yeah, so that's not a bad deal. I don't know if you get every game or if you get select games. Um, they they show all the games that are on TNT and TBS, like the Tuesday five. Thursday games. Okay, or whatever. Day. I've watched a couple games on there. It seems pretty cool. I think it's cool that a streaming platform is offering sports and news like on top of like TV shows and movies and that they're offering live programming now. I just don't see it being successful because I think people have other services for that. Like for TV, people have Hulu or TV or like Sling and stuff it's like kinda, that. So. It's kind of confusing because the sports is branded as Bleacher Report, but right now I'm seeing the Stars at Panthers, which is a NHL game, but that's branded as TNT. So what is it? Is it Bleacher Report or is it TNT? Which one is it? Yeah, TNT is the broadcaster. There goes the issue with the brand. Bleacher so what Report. Do they want? Bleacher Report seems to be like their digital version of their sports programming, Turner Sports. Um. But then 
the stuff that airs on TNT and TBS is broadcast. So they, like, kinda, they should I, just call it. It's like the digital rights of their sports department. It's, it's, I don't know why they just don't call it Max Sports. Like, let's keep the name going here. Max TNT on Max Sports. Yeah, and they have something like that would beta. work. I think Bleacher Report, you know, a couple of years ago, when actually when we were all at Mike, I think Bleacher Report was doing really well. I used to subscribe to, they used to have a great subscription model for live sports. I used to watch Champions League games. And you didn't have to pay for the whole season or everything. You can just pay like $2 a game, which was, nobody does that. Like, you can't just go piecemeal, right? Um, and they used to do that, like $2 a game. There's no money in that. You gotta buy There's the whole no money thing. in that. <clears throat> but it's great for, for consumers. And now I, I thought that brand was dead, but... Um, I guess I guess not. I don't know. I just feel like the whole Warner Max thing is just a complete disaster. Like, thank God for HBO because and and uh, ninety day fiance. Otherwise, that place would be done. <laughs> yes, you and your ninety day fiance. Yeah, that 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 will keep you happy. Moving on, I want to stay on HBO, but uh, this news broke. Um, I guess while I was still away, or right after I came back. George Santos, the movie. Scott, this is right up your alley. News. How do you know film. that? I, I never said it was up my alley. I, not that, well, news, yes, but I don't need to. I don't need a George Santos movie. It's not. It's not time for a George Santos movie. The 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 story is no, still. No, the time is now. Oh no 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 no. no. We don't need that. We don't need to give him. We, we he he's gone. We, we, we're good. We don't need Tim to stay in the limelight. He needs to just like deal with his court cases and not sue HBO. Because HBO doesn't have to make the movie now. But I'm all, if they're going to make it, I'll watch it. He's what, like the first member of Congress to be voted out or something since I don't know what year? <laughs> he's like, it's, there's only, there's only, he's not one of the first, but he's, it's, it's not, it doesn't happen that often. But it's he's not. No, but like, he's the first in like forty or fifty years or something crazy. Correct. Yeah. It's not. It's something that you would think that would need to happen every you know every so often. But we're breaking a lot of records. He's the first U.S. House member to be expelled in more than twenty years. Okay, more recent than I thought. So this century, somebody got expelled, potentially. And depending on when this film comes out, they're striking this at like while it's hot. So yeah, exactly. I expect this. I expect this to be like really successful. Like if it were to drop like within the next two months or so, this oh no, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna watch this. But it, I don't think it's gonna come out that soon. But no, it'll probably come out uh, sometime late next year. I think because I don't think I, wait, this is based on a book. It's based on a book uh, that just came out in November. Okay. I it's... just heard. I just heard the record scratch. Like, wait a minute. It's about a book. Yes. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is about a book. Wait. We we are all excited and jazzed up. This is like about. Oh, he just you know got kicked out of his job. Wait. It's about a book. How how current is it going to be? So it's in development by HBO Films. HBO Films optioned the rights to Mark Chusano's book. The Fabulous, which was released on November 28th. Yeah, like a week ago. So the book just came out not too long ago, and right away they jumped on it. Um, I mean, I would love to. I would love to see something about it right now, but 
Unfortunately, by the time this comes out, I think, you know, the fire will have 15 minutes will have fizzled. Yeah. I mean, right now, right now would be a great time for a documentary about the guy. I would love to see a documentary more so than a movie. Wow. Yeah. Like a movie, because, I would, I would think of like, um, VP, was that the, was, oh my God, why am I blanking right now? They're in um, Veep is the the relationship to Veep is is that this is coming from Frank Rich who worked on Veep in Secession, um, but I would think it would be like the guys who did the Big Short would be great to do a George well, Santos like satire film. Um, you know, in general, I don't like when they sort of sensationalize these figures and 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 gift them with you know, movies and, and documentaries. Um, I, and he's definitely getting paid for this, obviously. But, you know, I think he has probably another year in his 15 minutes of fame. He'll probably do like a Dancing with the Stars or, <laughs> you know, one of those shows I'm sure he'll get on there and until his star burns out. Everyone knows the name. The name is in on everyone's... It's all over the news and stuff. Everyone recognizes the name, but I don't think every everyone knows the details of the story and like how far this guy went to the point where I'd love to see it like a serious documentary about it, just because that's my taste. But I think a movie like this down the line, after everyone's forgotten about him and then like they bring it back up and like you're like, Oh wow, he did that and that and yeah. that. Yeah. I went better for you. He was, he's, well, he, for a brief moment, he was on Cameo doing videos for people. <laughs> is that recent or is that back in the day? It, that, that's recent. Yeah. But now he's temporary. TMZ reported that he was on Cameo doing videos and now it says temporarily unavailable. It says it was $20, but, uh, uh but TMZ said it was 200 or no, $400. Yeah. Should should have gotten it while uh, I'm it was sure he still... got too many. He got too many requests, so I guess he had uh, close close down shop for the time being. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. There's Just no another another guy giving Long Island. <laughs> uh, so we'll look out for the George Santos movie sometime next year. I don't think there's a release window or anything like that. Um, and, you know that that's kind of all we have for. Uh, for news this is actually we don't usually do a lot of news but this was like pretty fun actually um that's what we that's what we call a tangent <laughs> um i want to talk about some of these trailers that drop while we are away furiosa king kong and godzilla um planet of the apes fallout house of the dragon true detective all these all these uh television shows and movies coming out next year over the next few months Highly anticipated, Pedro. I know you love Mad Max, Fury Road. Um, a lot of people did. It was nominated for Best Picture. I love that movie. Furiosa, the prequel, just uh, is coming out next fall, next spring, May something. I think. Uh, what'd you think of the trailer? So, so the Furiosa trailer. Uh, it's funny. I don't, I don't remember if you or a friend of mine have sent me that. I think a friend of mine sent me and then I shared with you guys. Um, it, it definitely had a big cinema trailer feel, like big drums. Like it just, obviously I watched it on my computer at home, but I feel like this is the type of trailer that plays like 
in movie theaters during the movies and just you know everyone goes ah, yeah yeah and gets yeah. excited and everything um yeah i mean i think it's been way too long since they followed up on fury road fury road was such a success and so many people liked it um i i'm sure like interest in that in that uh property has gone down but you know it everyone knew it was coming it was just like when is it finally gonna come um so yeah the trailer looks cool um and i'll touch up on it a little bit more when we get to uh our next segment about cgi but i just have a feeling that they overdid the cgi in this i mean the the last one was pretty cgi heavy um but yeah that's something that we'll see when the final film comes out um I did like Chris Hemsworth is in this film. I don't know if you guys yeah. noticed that. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's in it. But I, I saw him I, on the list of the cast. Yeah, but they gave him like a fake nose, a prosthetic nose. So he's not immediately recognizable, um, which is an interesting choice. And I don't know if they did that just because like maybe people are tired of seeing or maybe people... He, you know, they didn't want them to associate seeing Chris Hemsworth with his MCU character, um, and I think in that way it works. I also like to see Chris Hemsworth doing something other than playing that god awful Thor. Um, so I, I like that move. I'm glad he's in it. I hope the movie does well. Um, it also stars um, Anya Taylor Joy. Who was in the menu? She was really good in the menu, and I think she was in that uh, um, that chess show, which I didn't watch, like Queen's Gambit. She she's that's what she's from, right? Originally, I believe so. She's really she's she's in a couple of things. She's a very recognizable face. Uh, you know, we people may not know her name, but they recognize her. Uh, yeah, she's, yeah, she's she's she's. Uh, She's, she's a, in demand. That she's a, yeah, exactly. She's a rising star, um, and she's good. She's a really good actress. Um, so, Scott, are you a big fan of? Uh, I, I don't assume you're a big fan of the George Miller movies, uh, Mad Max. Maybe you watched the the '80s ones. You assumed right. No, there's too much <laughs> sand. I'm not too much sand. It's too dirty. <laughs> too too dirty. You know. You know. There's there's no place to shower. You know. Wash your feet off. You know. It's just too much. Okay, no, fair I, enough. I've, 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 I've seen, you know, I think I saw the previous one. I don't know. The, I don't remember the name of it, but it, it was just too much of this driving thing. It's like, where are they going? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, uh, big what, part of the, the, what, the series. What's the next, what's the next obstacle? You know, I'm a, da- I'm a downer on that. It's just like, I want something to happen. It's uh, or at least, or at least what, why don't they like, how do they not run out of gas? Like, gas is no in gas abundance, station. I believe. I know, but how do they how do they get the gas? It's like it's a, it just it's an ever flowing energy. They don't have to fill up the tank. You're just, asking, uh, you know, Marvel type questions, and I don't think these movies are that deep. It's just got to enjoy and just have fun. I know, but there's no way to answer my questions. You'll have to watch. You'll have to watch the movies, or at least Fury Road, for an explanation. Yeah, uh, you can watch Fury Road. There's also. Three other movies with three or two, three, right? From the 80s with Mel Gibson. I'm not sure. I, honestly, I haven't watched the original ones. 
Okay, um, you at least got to watch some I'm, Tina I'm just, Turner I'm music just, video. <laughs> it's a banger. I'm just, fam- I'm, I'm just familiar with the Fury Road story. What's the song? What's the Tina Turner song? Oh, my God. What is the... Man? No, she's in. She's in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. That's like the big hit of the Mad Max series she was in. Yeah, but she has a song. What is the song called? Is it called Beyond Thunderdome or not? Yes, it's I believe so. Okay. Yeah, it's a sort cool of song. Success. Also, California Love, the music video with Tupac and Dr. Dre is also a pay homage to, to Mad Max. Uh, with the buggies and the Thunderdome there. Classic music video. That one, one of my favorites. Um, sorry, I'm listening to the song while listening to you talk. I'm sorry. I know I'm being It's a banger. To Thunderdome. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to it. You guys talk. It's a good song. Did you see the, the trailer, another one that came out? I was excited initially, and then I was like, wait, what did I just watch? I didn't really understand anything. Kong, Godzilla. Same, same, same. Uh, I had the same sentence, <laughs> right? It's like, that. oh, Kong, this looks Kong sick. X Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like, oh, this looks awesome. And then I'm like, wait, what? Uh, and there's a line in the movie in the trailer that some guy says, it's like, Kong can't stop this on his own. And I'm like, what is he stopping? I understood nothing from that. Yeah, nothing, I, nothing was clear from that. All I know is what I hated the most was that baby Kong that they kept yeah. showing in like two or three shots. Is that supposed to be like looking Diddy all Kong? innocent at the <laughs> looking all innocent <laughs> at the camera and teary eyed? I'm like, oh, they, they, I don't need this. At first, I, I, I thought don't need, I don't need a baby giant baby ape. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little confused on the timeline, uh, so I went back. This could be so cool. And maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe maybe if you just turn off your brain, it's awesome. They did Kong Skull Island, which was like Apocalypse Now version of like a Kong movie, which was in theory really dope. That cast was stacked with, uh, I was, was it Michael Fassbender or Tom Hiddleston? It was Tom Hiddleston and Sam Jackson and a... a, a couple other main actors uh, the movie wasn't that great and then they had like Kong and then they had a Godzilla movie shortly after that which I didn't watch and then they had a Kong versus Godzilla like two years ago they sort of so these new mo- at first of all you need a monster movie every once in a while like that yeah. doesn't no matter how bad it is it doesn't but I it seems like you know a couple of years ago they started uh retelling the stories or reimagining the Godzilla movies, and then they started reimagining Kong movies, and, and they're then all after, tied. Ap- yeah, so after like two or three movies, each one they kind of converged in this. In the was it the last one that was Kong versus Godzilla? Yeah, it's and who's the bad guy? In the last one was Mecha, Mecha Godzilla, right? Something like Dude, that. You're asking the wrong person. I don't remember these names. Ghidra, like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, King Ghidra. They. But they brought out a bunch of monsters. They, they, I mean, this is these movies. I think all of them came out pre-COVID, or maybe at least like the last one didn't. Kong versus also- Godzilla was a COVID movie. Was a straight to DVD, straight to streaming movie. Oh, okay. I saw that out. So may- maybe I haven't seen that one, but I remember seeing like two or three of the other ones in theaters. 
they drew they drew their crowd they made some money yeah. you know people people were just there laughing enjoying it um but i i think i think it's cool that they you know they figured they want to retell uh these uh monster movies and redo it even though they're you know a little crazy they're not that yeah. good maybe the plot isn't very clear but you know people want to see monsters go at it do you think this is a movie that you'll run to the movie theaters to see it because it seems like there's a lot of i'm not excited about this one at all no all no. right all right i, I, and I honestly I... I this one might be the one that's the nail in the coffin for these these sort of resurgence of monster movies i think if this one bombs then they might be second guessing about doing more of these, you know? I kind of get lost when you have the monster look like it has kryptonite coming out of his back. I get, I get lost from that. <laughs> yeah. Did, it's a little I much. don't really understand the, the, I'm sure there's a history there. Um, but I don't, That's why you I don't gotta see it. the movie so you can understand the history. No, but that might like, there's like so many Godzilla movies that like superpower thing where his, fire turns blue or pink or whatever that i don't know where that came from well why isn't there ever a recap and why, why is it that in tv shows they hold your hand it's like previously on grace anatomy or previously on you know but when you see a movie it's like you're on your own you gotta watch the other one you we're gonna start right where we left off and you know what if you don't know where we're at you're being left behind yeah you gotta go with a friend and then just ask him questions the entire movie well, no, you, well right or you go with the friend that automatically gives you a recap and explains all the best parts and you go wait what happened what wait what do you mean that this person died who was that what do you mean did you guys <laughs> did you guys notice that one shot where king kong i think it's king kong the guy with he has a beard now um and then he see there's like smoke and like this large looming shadow is approaching him. And then as it gets closer, it's like that baby chimp that you mentioned, Pedro. And I'm just like, how does light work in this world? <laughs> <'Cause> like, <laughs> Good question. Good question. <laughs> how did he go from this giant? I don't know. I thought that was they're funny. Trying to make it, they're trying to make it the new baby Yoda. Yeah, you got to sell the merch. Hey, while while we're on the subject of uh, uh, chimps and uh, <laughs> old movies being remade, I don't know if we were talking about chimps, but go ahead. The, I, I I want to see where this transition goes. Let's get goes. to the next trailer, which is uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. These I I like these movies. They're just too real, and they make me nervous. These Planet of the Apes and, movies. And why are you nervous? Because you're afraid that the apes it's are all very take plausible. over mankind? It's, it's all very plausible that this can happen. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> that everything's gonna that every everything's gonna turn into forests, like New York City and everything is gonna be just all forests that just disappear and all these apes are just gonna have uh ongoing conversations. The apes are just like very highly intelligent, organized. They have sort of principles and a moral code, and they know what they're doing. They're riding horses in this one. <laughs> the CG, well, they they they've ridden horses since like the original ones. Have you seen a real? Have you seen a real Abe ride a horse? Come on. But they just seem like 
I wouldn't want to mess with them. I will say the CG for some of these uh, recent uh, Planet of the Eight movies is really good. Like, better than a lot of the crap that, like, you see in other movies. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, I'm watching the trailer right now. It, I had to have it on the, the screen here. This looks great. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm excited for this one because I've watched all the recent ones. And I think what's uh, exciting about this one is they're getting closer to leading right up to the original first movie. Because these past, uh, was it two or three movies that have come out? Yeah, I was going to ask you. I think you. it's been three. I think, I think it's been three. And they're all prequels to the original films. Right. Um, so going back to the very first one um, with um, Franco, who was in it, uh, you oh, find James out Franco, how they, yeah. yeah, you find out how they came to be with these experiments and like how they started like evolving and getting like really smart and stuff. And then like it's all leading up to this post-apocalyptic world from the original uh, film where I don't know, you know, well, I won't say it, but I'll leave a spoiler. If you people ever watch the original one, that that surprise at the very end when they reveal that what planet they're actually on. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited to see how it all ties into it. And the last couple of uh, Planet of the Apes movies have all been entertaining and really fun. So good stories, good writing. You get emotionally attached to some of the characters too. So. Here's what we got. We got Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That was the first one from 2011 with James Franco, as you mentioned. And then it was Dawn, and then it was War of the Planet, and now we have Kingdom of the Planet. I didn't see I saw two of them. The one with Woody Harrelson as the villain is phenomenal. Uh, I don't yeah, know that if was, that's if two or three. If you only saw two of them, that, that one was really... That, that was the one when it was just like... He had that huge action sequence yes. at the end. That was really good. Yeah, that I don't know if that was war. Even the yeah, this this movie's badass. I'm just looking at the box art, the post, the movie poster, and you just have I forgot the ape's name, but he's just like on a horse with like a little girl, human girl, like looking terrified behind him. 2017 War of the Planet. But yeah, if if you're saying these this series is gonna lead into the original Planet of the Apes from 1968 with uh, what's my, what's my man's name? He died recently. Uh, Charleston Charlton Heston. He's not my man because he's he's kind of a nut job, but uh, he was great in that movie. <laughs> retract that. <laughs> Just want to retract that real quick. And it been out. Look, I'm not 100% saying that's what it's going to do, but these are prequels, so it's assumed that it's eventually going to go into it. A lot of the imagery from this new trailer is very suggestive of and sim extremely similar settings of the of that original, original film, which is one yes. of my favorite movies of all time. It's probably the first sci-fi movie I've ever watched, and I absolutely love it. Um, written by the homie Rod Sterling Twi of, of Twilight Zone. The animation looks really uh, realistic and real, so that will kind of make me be interested to see how it plays out. We can sort of go into that now, uh, just considering that these last three trailers that we mentioned um, are really CG heavy, and I think the other two I want to briefly mention are uh, Fallout, the TV show that's going to be on Amazon, and then the House of the Dragon 
season two, which is going to drop. These are all CG heavy works, especially something like Kong versus Godzilla. Like that whole thing is CG. I don't even know what's not CG other than the humans um, in the film. But Pedro, you, you know, you texted us a couple of days ago, say, hey, we should talk about how bad CG is, why it's gotten worse, some examples of where it's really worked and why it's worked and, and sort of like exploring why it hasn't worked. Uh, why did you want to sort of dive into that? Like what stood out to you that's like, were you watching that fake Terminator 7 trailer and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> well, going through all the trailers that we saw and just to quickly touch up on uh, Fallout, that trailer uh, looks pretty cool. It does. Um, I, I'm not someone who played the game or is familiar with the game, but from the trailer, it looks like very similar to what images of the game look like. Uh, and it looks like it's going to have that like dark comedy element to it. So yeah, that might be a, that might be a hit. Um, but just looking at these trailers uh, for things that are coming out, you know, the first thing, one of the first things I that came to mind after watching all of them is. Hey, all of these are very, you know, CGI intensive movies. A lot of VFX, where the majority of the movie is that, not the minority of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then it's also a subject that pops up every now and then on our podcast when we talk about certain movies like Marvel and stuff. And just in casual conversation with non-film people, you know, it's something that's very noticeable how... Uh, CGI and effects are just not what they used to be. They don't look as good. They don't look as sharp. You know, they just don't, the, these scenes don't seem as real as they used to. Yeah. Uh, so then, you know, like any good person, I went on YouTube and I don't even think I looked this up. I think it just like popped up as a just suggestion to me. Yeah. Like, just, bro, you uh, better check this out. Yeah. Um, so then I, I watched like back to back, like three or four videos on, uh, on the state of CGI. And, um, there is, there, there, there is reasoning for why what you're seeing looks very, uh, low quality compared to, uh, other, other things in the past, like, um, um, Pirates of the Caribbean is, uh, one that's mentioned as having great CGI effects. Yep. Um, some of the yeah some of the planet of the eight movies that we just touched upon um and then i learned so i learned that uh that, that basically all the big blockbusters now are that's what it is that's just what you're gonna get is cgi fests um that just comes with the type of movies that are considered big blockbusters um so the demand for VFX artists is at an all-time high. Uh, like VFX houses and studios are just getting calls left and right. They're just swamped. Um, you know, you have TV shows now because of streaming like Netflix and Prime that just demand CGI. You know, we have the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the House yep. of the Dragon. So... They're not just being pulled. These studios aren't just being pulled into movies. They're being pulled into TV shows now. Um, and 
it's being overwhelmed. It's been um, it's been heavily reported. It's been heavily reported that uh, Marvel and Disney are notorious for like overworking uh, their VFX houses that they work with and just treating them like crap and just having them re rework uh, certain shots and films and like when films are being you know when a director wants something rewritten. It's not like you could just go out and shoot it again. You have to actually do the whole thing again because we have entire scenes that are just like 99% CGI. Um, instead of before when we used to have a realistic point of reference uh, where, you know, you have an actor. like actual, uh, yeah, you'd have an actor or something, but like one element of the scene would be CG or something. But now it's the reverse. It's like the whole scene is CG. Well, the one example of that that um, one of the videos pointed out was like the one of the main villains from the Hobbit movies, how that character was entirely built in CGI versus um, the original Hobbit movies where all the little grunts, I don't know what they're called, but they were human. You, they were humans is that the, wearing... Is that the character Gollum you're talking about? Gollum was a good example of... Yeah. of, of uh, of one of the original uh, Lord of the Rings movies and how they motion captured the the actor with it. Yeah, and I was talking more just like even like the bad guys, like the grunts. I don't know what they're called, but even those guys. But, you know, we're not like CGI experts in any way, but, you know, we all have a background in video production, particularly in video editing. So one of the examples... And the video is called for anybody out there that actually like wants to go check this out. We're referencing a couple of videos, but the main one is is by uh, the Royal Ocean Film Society, and the video is called "The Visual Effects Crisis" it's on YouTube. But one of the things they mentioned that we can relate to is like <clears throat> a film production would be, or a film director would be, uh, say, okay, here's here are the scenes, or here's the film, and this is what we want, and then they put in that request to the to the visual effects studio. And then midway through, they would say, oh, actually, we want to do something different. And that cost doesn't come out of the studio, it comes out of the, the visual effects studio. It doesn't come out of the motion picture studio producing the film. It comes out of the artist. Um, and that's something that we can relate to having worked many years in post-production. When you're working with a producer or a director, you have the cut, however long it is, and then suddenly they change direction. It's extremely frustrating. And you, there's that funny, that reminded me of that line, oh, we'll fix it in post. But actually, like, in watching this, the line should be, we'll fix it in pre-production, right? Because if you get everything in pre-production accurately, you're going to save time and money in post-production effects. The biggest issue with CGI is that you're not able, you're, you're focusing on what's in front of the camera, but then after the fact is your background and it becomes very fake if the the depth of field is not realistic like all of a sudden you got a character all of a sudden like right there like even the airbender uh trailer like all of a sudden the background is like a completely gargantuan blur out of focus environment that's just a cop-out of actually having to put the effort and create real backgrounds but that just Maybe that's just also a realistic look that they're going for, for it to look like that. 
but it's different. Like, do you want to be real or do you want to be like this imaginary world that it wouldn't look like that in real life for what you're capturing? Yeah, the the characters tend to look like what the look they have in common is that like they, when they're fully CGI, they look very rubbery and they look like they don't really have proper weight to them. Uh, one example was like that final fight in uh, Black Panther, which is just like so bad. That was probably the worst, one of the worst atrocities in, in the Marvel films was that last fight. But the they they feel like they're made out of paper. They're just like floating in space. But Pedro, to your point earlier, like the stuff that does succeed well is stuff that includes a motion captured actor filmed on scene, even if it's a green screen with the other actors um, filming their action and tracking the action and then just overlay whatever elements need to be overlaid. That tends to give more accurate lighting uh, and more of a screen presence and weight to the scene versus just creating everything out of CGI. And I was also thinking like, are we at a point where we just see bad CGI and we're just kind of like used to it and we're just like, don't even notice it. But what you're thinking is bad CGI is different from what someone else who's going to see the movie, All it, as long as it's not a stick figure and it's a interesting story and there's a lot of incredible fight scenes, that's all that matters to them. And it well, it's been it's been called out by casual viewers also, so it's not like it's like yeah, people aren't going to complain about the like uh you know a movie like uh Black Panther because it was a you know everything else was good about it, but you know you'll have you'll have these scenes that are all one hundred percent CGI and it's just like it just doesn't feel real at all. Um, and then one point that was made also in some of the some of these L videos I watched is that some of these directors have no backgrounds with working with visual effects. So there's just this huge disconnect, right, between the director and the bottom down visual effects people. You know, the director has this vision and they shoot all this stuff. And then by the time it gets to the VFX people, like the director has no idea like what they're capable of doing or or how it should be done uh, as a visual effect. You know, they just like imagined something and then told these people to do it. Right. It's it, most of the time it's a crew or a, or a VFX house that they've never worked with before that they don't have any experience with. And, you know, that's sometimes that's on the, most of the time that's on the movie studio, you know, like why put a director that's known for like dramas and stuff on like a big budget blockbuster. We're running out of time. I just want to close off the show shortly. But yeah, I think one of the solutions that they were, they, they mentioned was like potentially unionizing, which is something I have read a little bit about in the past few months. And it's conversation that has been going on. Again, I don't know anything about the industry, so I can't speak to that. But I think to me, that would seem like a reasonable solution. Um, Especially with the uh, SAG-AFTRA and writers yeah uh, exactly strikes under and their unions uh getting down you know getting some demands that uh you would think that you know these people are these vfx houses are pulling like 80 percent of these movies now they're pulling so much weight in these films because they're mostly all cg yet they're not part of the 
structure of like traditional, you know, writers, producers, and and actors. Yeah, they don't see know, they don't see the revenue stream. So, you know, most of these uh, VFX houses are just working on a on a tight budget. On a, you know, it, depending on whatever project they're being hired from the client to literally survive. You know, they're putting all their all their funds and everything. So they're hurting financially. The movies are hurting, um, you know, and then quality the movies, wise, qual- yeah, quality wise. Um, and you know, <clears throat> I don't think that's a reflection on these uh, visual effects houses, but it's just a, it just tells you how little resources they're given. It even mentioned that some of these post houses often outsource to other houses just to get a, just to keep production line moving. So or yeah, or that some of these. Films have like dozens of houses working on these things. Yeah, and then it's like, well, of course it's not going to look great. You know, if you got like twelve video editors on a cutting a, a film, it's going to not. It could be know, a mess. There's no, there's no consistency. It might not. Yeah. So we're hoping that all these movies that we mentioned bomb, so that there's a hard reset in the whole system and uh, things slowly turn. I mean, around. my 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 personal way of just doing this is I'm, I'm really uh, I'm to the point where I might be working on like movies that are CGI heavy except if it's something that looks good like uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes but something else like Kong versus Godzilla I'm not yeah I think you gotta look at the filmmakers Andy Serkis um, who does a ton of CG work he done Planet of the Apes he played Gollum uh, a couple of in that video was also mentioned. George Lucas is someone who pays the the or when he was in the business, he paid his VFX team. Keanu Reeves paid his VFX team for the Matrix films. So there is some <clears throat> some little kickback, but I think you just you know you decide what filmmakers you sort of wanna whose work you want to watch. And like I'm probably not gonna watch. Kong versus Godzilla. Maybe if it's on streaming, I'm not going to go to the theater to see that. Um, but there are, you know, I just pulled up the the new Apes trailer, and that thing looks phenomenal. So I don't know why. Maybe it's, you know, I'm sure there was burnout on that post production as well. But they did something right. They got it right. With that, we'll leave it there. We'll be back in two weeks. We're going to talk about some Christmas movies and we're going to talk about our favorite shows of the year. All right. We'll see you next time. Like, and subscribe.